section twenty six of shirley by charlotte bronte this librivox recording is in the public domain old copy books by the time the field head party returned to briarfield caroline was nearly well miss kildar who had received news by post of her friend's convalescence hardly suffered an hour to elapse between her arrival at home and her first call at the rectory a shower of rain was falling gently yet fast on the late flowers and russet autumn shrubs when the garden wicket was heard to swing open and shirley's well-known form passed the window on her entrance her feelings were evinced in her own peculiar fashion when deeply moved by serious fears or joys she was not garrulous the strong emotion was rarely suffered to influence her tongue and even her eye refused it more than a furtive and fitful conquest she took caroline in her arms gave her one look one kiss then said you are better and a minute after i see you are safe now but take care god grant your health may be called on to sustain no more shocks she proceeded to talk fluently about the journey in the midst of vivacious discourse her eye still wandered to caroline there spoke in its light a deep solicitude some trouble and some amaze she may be better it said but how weak she still is what peril she has come through suddenly her glance reverted to mrs pryor it pierced her through when will my governess return to me she asked may i tell her all demanded caroline of her mother leave being signified by a gesture shirley was presently enlightened on what had happened in her absence very good was the cool comment very good but it is no news to me what did you know i guessed long since the whole business i've heard somewhat of mrs pryor's history not from herself but from others with every detail of mr james helstone's career and character i was acquainted an afternoon sitting and conversation with miss mann had rendered me familiar therewith also he is one of mrs york's warning examples one of the blood-red lights she hangs out to scare young ladies from matrimony i believe i should have been sceptical about the truth of the portrait traced by such fingers both these ladies take a dark pleasure in offering to view the dark side of life but i questioned mr york on the subject and he said surely my woman if you want to know aught about yon james hellstone i can only say he was a man-tiger he was handsome dissolute soft treacherous courteous cruel don't cry carrie we'll say no more about it i'm not crying surely or if i am it is nothing go on you are no friend if you withhold from me the truth i hate that false plan of disguising mutilating the truth fortunately i have said pretty nearly all that i have to say except that your uncle himself confirmed mr york's words for he too scorns a lie and deals in none of those conventional subterfuges that are shabbier than lies but papa is dead they should let him alone now they should and we will let him alone cry away carrie it will do you good it is wrong to check natural tears besides 
i choose to please myself by sharing an idea that at this moment beams in your mother's eye while she looks at you every drop blots out a sin weep your tears have the virtue which the rivers of damascus lack like jordan they can cleanse a leprous memory madam she continued addressing mrs pryor did you think i could be daily in the habit of seeing you and your daughter together marking your marvellous similarity in many points observing pardon me your irrepressible emotions in the presence and still more in the absence of your child and not form my own conjectures i form them and they are literally correct i shall begin to think myself shrewd and you said nothing observed caroline who soon regained the quiet control of her feelings nothing i had no warrant to breathe a word on the subject my business it was not i abstained from making it such you guessed so deep a secret and did not hint that you guessed it is that so difficult it is not like you how do you know you are not reserved you are frankly communicative i may be communicative yet nowhere to stop in showing my treasure i may withhold a gem or two a curious unbought graven stone an amulet of whose mystic glitter i rarely permit even myself a glimpse good day caroline thus seemed to get a view of shirley's character under a novel aspect ere long the prospect was renewed it opened upon her no sooner had she regained sufficient strength to bear a change of scene the excitement of a little society than miss keeldar sued daily for her presence at fieldhead whether shirley had become wearied of her honoured relatives is not known she did not say she was but she claimed and retained caroline with an eagerness which proved that an addition to that worshipful company was not unwelcome the simpsons were church people of course the rector's niece was received by them with courtesy mr simpson proved to be a man of spotless respectability worrying temper pious principles and worldly views his lady was a very good woman patient kind well-bred she had been brought up on a narrow system of views starved on a few prejudices a mere handful of bitter herbs a few preferences soaked till their natural flavour was extracted and with no seasoning added in the cooking some excellent principles made up in a stiff raised crust of bigotry difficult to digest far too submissive was she to complain of this diet or to ask for a crumb beyond it the daughters were an example to their sex they were tall with a roman nose apiece they had been educated faultlessly all they did was well done history in the most solid books had cultivated their minds principles and opinions they possessed which could not be mended more exactly regulated lives feelings manners habits it would have been difficult to find anywhere they knew by heart a certain young lady's schoolroom code of laws 
on language demeanour etc themselves never deviated from its curious little pragmatical provisions and they regarded with secret whispered horror all deviations in others the abomination of desolation was no mystery to them they had discovered that unutterable thing in the characteristic others called originality quick were they to recognize the signs of this evil and wherever they saw its trace whether in look word or deed whether they read it in the fresh vigorous style of a book or listened to it in interesting unhackneyed pure expressive language they shuddered they recoiled danger was above their heads peril about their steps what was this strange thing being unintelligible it must be bad let it be denounced and chained up henry simpson the only son and youngest child of the family was a boy of fifteen he generally kept with his tutor when he left him he sought his cousin shirley this boy differed from his sisters he was little lame and pale his large eyes shone somewhat languidly in a wan orbit they were indeed usually rather dim but they were capable of illumination at times they could not only shine but blaze inward emotion could likewise give colour to his cheek and decision to his crippled movements henry's mother loved him she thought his peculiarities were a mark of election he was not like other children she allowed she believed him regenerate a new samuel called of god from his birth he was to be a clergyman mr and the mrs simpson not understanding the youth let him much alone shirley made him her pet and he made shirley his playmate in the midst of this family circle a rather outsider moved the tutor the satellite yes lewis moore was a satellite of the house of simpson connected yet apart ever attendant ever distant each member of that correct family treated him with proper dignity the father was austerely civil sometimes irritable the mother being a kind woman was attentive but formal the daughter saw in him an abstraction not a man it seemed by their manner that their brother's tutor did not live for them they were learned so was he but not for them they were accomplished he had talents too imperceptible to their senses the most spirited sketch from his fingers was a blank to their eyes the most original observation from his lips fell unheard on their ears nothing could exceed the propriety of their behaviour i should have said nothing could have equalled it but i remember a fact which strangely astonished caroline hellstone it was to discover that her cousin had absolutely no sympathising friend at fieldhead that to miss keeldar he was as much a mere teacher as little a gentleman as little a man as to the estimable mrs simpson what had befallen the kind-hearted shirley that she should be so indifferent to the dreary position of a fellow-creature thus isolated under her roof she was not perhaps haughty to him but she never noticed him she let him alone he came and went spoke or was silent and she rarely recognized his existence as to lewis moore himself he had the air 
of a man used to this life and who had made up his mind to bear it for a time his faculties seemed walled up in him and were unmurmuring in their captivity he never laughed he seldom smiled he was uncomplaining he fulfilled the round of his duties scrupulously his pupil loved him he asked nothing more than civility from the rest of the world it even appeared that he would accept nothing more in that abode at least for when his cousin caroline made gentle overtures of friendship he did not encourage them he rather avoided than sought her one living thing alone besides his pale crippled scholar he fondled in the house and that was the ruffianly tartar who sullen and impracticable to others acquired a singular partiality for him a partiality so marked that sometimes when moore summoned to a meal entered the room and sat down unwelcomed tartar would rise from his lair at shirley's feet and betake himself to the taciturn tutor once but once she noticed the desertion and holding out her white hand and speaking softly tried to coax him back tartar looked slavered and sighed as his manner was but yet disregarded the invitation and coolly settled himself on his haunches at lewis moore's side that gentleman drew the dog's big black-muzzled head on to his knee patted him and smiled one little smile to himself an acute observer might have remarked in the course of the same evening that after tartar had resumed his allegiance to shirley and was once more couched near her footstool the audacious tutor by one word and gesture fascinated him again he pricked up his ears at the word he started erect at the gesture and came with head lovingly depressed to receive the expected caress as it was given the significant smile again rippled across moore's quiet face surely said caroline one day as they two were sitting alone in the summer-house did you know that my cousin lewis was tutor in your uncle's family before the simpsons came down here shirley's reply was not so prompt as her responses usually were but at last she answered yes of course i knew it well i thought you must have been aware of the circumstance well what then it puzzles me to guess how it chanced that you never mentioned it to me why should it puzzle you it seems odd i cannot account for it you talk a great deal you talk freely how was that circumstance never touched on because it never was and surely laughed you are a singular being observed her friend i thought i knew you quite well i begin to find myself mistaken you were silent as the grave about mrs pryor and now again here is another secret but why you made it a secret is the mystery to me i never made it a secret i had no reason for so doing if you had asked me who henry's tutor was i would have told you besides i thought you knew i am puzzled about more things than one in this matter you don't like poor lewis why are you impatient at what you perhaps consider his servile position do you wish that robert's brother were more highly placed 
robert's brother indeed was the exclamation uttered in a tone like the accents of scorn and with a movement of proud impatience shirley snatched a rose from a branch peeping through the open lattice yes repeated caroline with mild firmness robert's brother he is thus closely related to gerard moore of the hollow though nature has not given him features so handsome or an air so noble as his kinsman but his blood is as good and he is as much a gentleman were he free wise humble pious caroline exclaimed shirley ironically men and angels hear her we should not despise plain features nor a laborious yet honest occupation should we look at the subject of your panegyric he is there in the garden she continued pointing through an aperture in the clustering creepers and by that aperture lewis moore was visible coming slowly down the walk he is not ugly shirley pleaded caroline he is not ignoble he is sad silence seals his mind but i believe him to be intelligent and be certain if he had not something very commendable in his disposition mr hall would never seek his society as he does shirley laughed she laughed again each time with a slightly sarcastic sound well well was her comment on the plea of the man being cyril hall's friend and robert moore's brother we'll just tolerate his existence won't we carrie you believe him to be intelligent do you not quite an idiot eh something commendable in his disposition id est not an absolute ruffian good your representations have weight with me and to prove that they have should he come this way i will speak to him he approached the summer-house unconscious that it was tenanted he sat down on the step tartar now his customary companion had followed him and he couched across his feet old boy said lewis pulling his tawny ear or rather the mutilated remains of that organ torn and chewed in a hundred battles the autumn sun shines as pleasantly on us as on the fairest and richest this garden is none of ours but we enjoy its greenness and perfume don't we he sat silent still caressing tartar who slobbered with exceeding affection a faint twittering commenced among the trees round something fluttered down as light as leaves they were little birds which lighting on the sward at shy distance hopped as if expectant the small brown elves actually remember that i fed them the other day again soliloquized lewis they want some more biscuit to-day i forgot to save a fragment eager little sprites i have not a crumb for you he put his hand in his pocket and drew it out empty a want easily supplied whispered the listening miss kildar she took from her reticule a morsel of sweet cake for that repository was never destitute of something available to throw to the chickens young ducks or sparrows she crumbled it and bending over his shoulder put the crumbs into his hand there said she there is a providence for the improvident this september afternoon is pleasant observed lewis moore as not at all discomposed he calmly cast the crumbs on to the grass even for you 
as pleasant for me as for any monarch you take a sort of harsh solitary triumph in drawing pleasure out of the elements and the inanimate and lower animate creation solitary but not harsh with animals i feel i am adam's son the heir of him to whom dominion was given over every living thing that moveth upon the earth your dog likes and follows me when i go into that yard the pigeons from your dovecot flutter at my feet your mare in the stable knows me as well as it knows you and obeys me better and my roses smell sweet to you and my trees give you shade and continued lewis no caprice can withdraw these pleasures from me they are mine he walked off tartar followed him as if in duty and affection bound and shirley remained standing on the summer-house step caroline saw her face as she looked after the rude tutor it was pale as if her pride bled inwardly you see remarked caroline apologetically his feelings are so often hurt it makes him morose you see retorted shirley with ire he is a topic on which you and i shall quarrel if we discuss it often so drop it henceforward and for ever i suppose he has more than once behaved in this way thought caroline to herself and that renders shirley so distant to him yet i wonder she cannot make allowance for character and circumstances i wonder the general modesty manliness sincerity of his nature do not plead with her in his behalf she is not often so inconsiderate so irritable the verbal testimony of two friends of caroline's to her cousin's character augmented her favourable opinion of him william farron whose cottage he had visited in company with mr hall pronounced him a real gentleman there was not such another in briarfield he william could do aught for that man and then to see how to bairns liked him and how to wife took to him first minute she saw him he never went into a house but to childer wore about him directly them little things wore like as if they'd a keener sense nor grown-up folks of finding our folks natures mr hall in answer to a question of miss hellstone's as to what he thought of lewis moore replied promptly that he was the best fellow he had met with since he left cambridge but he is so grave objected caroline grave the finest company in the world full of odd quiet out-of-the-way humour never enjoyed an excursion so much in my life as the one i took with him to the lakes his understanding and tastes are so superior it does a man good to be within their influence and as to his temper and nature i call them fine at fieldhead he looks gloomy and i believe has the character of being misanthropical oh i fancy he is rather out of place there in a false position the simpsons are most estimable people but not the folks to comprehend him they think a great deal about form and ceremony which are quite out of lewis's way i don't think miss keeldar likes him she doesn't know him she doesn't know him otherwise she has sense enough to do justice to his merits well i suppose she doesn't know him mused caroline to herself and by this hypothesis she endeavoured to account for what seemed else unaccountable 
but such simple solution of the difficulty was not left her long she was obliged to refuse miss keeldar even this negative excuse for her prejudice one day she chanced to be in the schoolroom with henry simpson whose amiable and affectionate disposition had quickly recommended him to her regard the boy was busied about some mechanical contrivance his lameness made him fond of sedentary occupation he began to ransack his tutor's desk for a piece of wax or twine necessary to his work moore happened to be absent mr hall indeed had called for him to take a long walk henry could not immediately find the object of his search he rummaged compartment after compartment and at last opening an inner drawer he came upon not a ball of cord or a lump of beeswax but a little bundle of small marble-coloured cahiers tied with tape henry looked at them what rubbish mr moore stores up in his desk he said i hope he won't keep my old exercises so carefully what is it old copy-books he threw the bundle to caroline the packet looked so neat externally her curiosity was excited to see its contents if they are only copy-books i suppose i may open them oh yes quite freely mr moore's desk is half mine for he lets me keep all sorts of things in it and i give you leave on scrutiny they proved to be french compositions written in a hand peculiar but compact and exquisitely clean and clear the writing was recognizable she scarcely needed the further evidence of the names signed at the close of each theme to tell her whose they were yet that name astonished her surely keeldar simpson grove something shire a southern county and a date four years back she tied up the packet and held it in her hand meditating over it she half felt as if in opening it she had violated a confidence they are shirley's you see said henry carelessly did you give them to mr moore she wrote them with mrs pryor i suppose she wrote them in my schoolroom at simpson grove when she lived with us there mr moore taught her french it is his native language i know was she a good pupil henry she was a wild laughing thing but pleasant to have in the room she made lesson time charming she learned fast you could hardly tell when or how french was nothing to her she spoke it quick quick as quick as mr moore himself was she obedient did she give trouble she gave plenty of trouble in a way she was giddy but i liked her i'm desperately fond of shirley desperately fond you small simpleton you don't know what you say i am desperately fond of her she is the light of my eyes i said so to mr moore last night he would reprove you for speaking with exaggeration he didn't he never reproves and reproves as girls governesses do he was reading and he only smiled into his book and said that if miss keeldar was no more than that she was less than he took her to be for i was but a dim-eyed short-sighted little chap i'm afraid i am a poor unfortunate miss caroline hellstone i'm a cripple you know never mind henry you are a very nice little fellow and if god has not given you health and strength he has given you a good disposition and an excellent heart and brain i shall be despised 
i sometimes think both shirley and you despise me listen henry generally i don't like schoolboys have a great horror of them they seem to me little ruffians who take an unnatural delight in killing and tormenting birds and insects and kittens and whatever is weaker than themselves but you are so different i am quite fond of you you have almost as much sense as a man far more god wot she muttered to herself than many men you are fond of reading and you can talk sensibly about what you read i am fond of reading i know i have sense and i know i have feeling miss Gildar here entered henry she said i brought your lunch here i shall prepare it for you myself she placed on the table a glass of new milk a plate of something which looked not unlike leather and a utensil which resembled a toasting fork what are you two about she continued ransacking mr moore's desk looking at your old copy-books returned caroline my old copy-books french exercise books look here they must be held precious they are kept carefully she showed the bundle shirley snatched it up did not know one was in existence she said i thought the whole lot had long since lit the kitchen fire or curled the maid's hair at simpson grove what made you keep them henry it is not my doing i should not have thought of it it never entered my head to suppose copy-books of value mr moore put them by in the inner drawer of his desk perhaps he forgot them say cela he forgot them no doubt echoed shirley they are extremely well written she observed complacently what a giddy girl you were shirley in those days i remember you so well a slim light creature whom though you were so tall i could lift off the floor i see you with your long countless curls on your shoulders and your streaming sash you used to make mr moore lively that is at first i believe you grieved him after a while shirley turned the closely written pages and said nothing presently she observed that was written one winter afternoon it was a description of a snow scene i remember said henry mr moore when he read it cried voila le francais gagne he said it was well done afterwards you made him draw in sepia the landscape you described you have not forgotten then how not at all we were all scolded that day for not coming down to tea when called i can remember my tutor sitting at his easel and you standing behind him holding the candle and watching him draw the snowy cliff the pine the deer couched under it and the half-moon hung above where are his drawings harry caroline should see them in his portfolio but it is padlocked he has the key ask him for it when he comes in you should ask him surely you are shy of him now you are grown a proud lady to him i noticed that surely you are a real enigma whispered caroline in her ear what queer discoveries i make day by day now i who thought i had your confidence inexplicable creature even this boy reproves you i have forgotten old lang syne you see harry said miss Kildar, answering young simpson and not heeding caroline which you never should have done you don't deserve to be a man's morning star if you have so short a memory a man's morning star indeed and by a man is meant your worshipful self i suppose come drink your new milk while it is warm the young cripple rose and limped towards the fire he had left his crutch near the mantelpiece my poor lame darling murmured shirley in her softest voice aiding him whether do you like me or mr sam win best shirley inquired the boy as she settled him in an armchair. oh 
harry sam wynne is my aversion you are my pet me or mr malone you again a thousand times yet they are great whiskered fellows six feet high each whereas as long as you live harry you will never be anything more than a little pale lamiter yes i know you need not be sorrowful have i not often told you who was almost as little as pale as suffering as you and yet potent as a giant and brave as a lion admiral horatio admiral horatio viscount nelson and duke of bronte great at heart as a titan gallant and heroic as all the world in age of chivalry leader of the might of england commander of her strength on the deep hurler of her thunder over the flood a great man but i am not warlike surely and yet my mind is so restless i burn day and night for what i can hardly tell to be to do to suffer i think harry it is your mind which is stronger and older than your frame that troubles you it is a captive it lies in physical bondage but it will work its own redemption yet study carefully not only books but the world you love nature love her without fear be patient wait the course of time you will not be a soldier or a sailor henry but if you live you will be listen to my prophecy you will be an author perhaps a poet an author it is a flash a flash of light to me i will i will i'll write a book that i may dedicate it to you you will write it that you may give your soul its natural release bless me what am i saying more than i understand i believe or can make good here how here's your toasted oat-cake eat and live willingly here cried a voice outside the open window i know that fragrance of meal bread miss keeldar may i come in and partake mr hall it was mr hall and with him was lewis moore returned from their walk there is a proper luncheon laid out in the dining-room and there are proper people seated round it you may join that society and share that fare if you please but if your ill-regulated tastes lead you to prefer ill-regulated proceedings step in here and do as we do i approve the perfume and therefore shall suffer myself to be led by the nose returned mr hall who presently entered accompanied by lewis moore that gentleman's eye fell on his desk pillaged burglars said he henry you merit the ferule give it to shirley and caroline they did it was alleged with more attention to effect than truth traitor and false witness cried both the girls we never laid hands on a thing except in the spirit of laudable inquiry exactly so said moore with his rare smile and what have you ferreted out in your spirit of laudable inquiry he perceived the inner drawer open this is empty said he who has taken here here caroline hastened to say and she restored the little packet to its place he shut it up he locked it in with a small key attached to his watch-card he restored the other papers to order closed the repository and sat down without further remark i thought you would have scolded much more sir said henry the girls deserve reprimand i leave them to their own consciences it accuses them of crimes intended as well as perpetrated sir if i had not been here they would have treated your portfolio as they have done your desk but i told them it was padlocked and will you have lunch with us here interposed shirley addressing moore and desirous as it seemed to turn the conversation certainly if i may you will be restricted to new milk and yorkshire oatcake bah pour le lait frais said lewis before your oatcake and he made a grimace he cannot eat it said henry he thinks it is like bran raised with sour yeast 
come then by special dispensation we will allow him a few cracknels but nothing less homely the hostess rang the bell and gave her frugal orders which were presently executed she herself measured out the milk and distributed the bread round the cosy circle now enclosing the bright little schoolroom fire she then took the post of toaster-general and kneeling on the rug fork in hand fulfilled her office with dexterity mr hall who relished any homely innovation on ordinary usages and to whom the husky oatcake was from custom suave as manna seemed in his best spirits he talked and laughed gleefully now with caroline whom he had fixed by his side now with shirley and again with lewis moore and lewis met him in congenial spirit he did not laugh much but he uttered in the quietest tone the wittiest things gravely spoken sentences marked by unexpected turns and a quite fresh flavour and poignancy fell easily from his lips he proved himself to be what mr hall had said he was excellent company caroline marvelled at his humour but still more at his entire self-possession nobody there present seemed to impose on him a sensation of unpleasant restraint nobody seemed a bore a check a chill to him and yet there was the cool and lofty miss kildar kneeling before the fire almost at his feet but shirley was cool and lofty no longer at least not at this moment she appeared unconscious of the humility of her present position or if conscious it was only to taste the charm in its lowliness it did not revolt her pride that the group to whom she voluntarily officiated as handmaid should include her cousin's tutor it did not scare her that while she handed the bread and milk to the rest she had to offer it to him also and more took his portion from her hand as calmly as if he had been her equal you are overheated now he said when she had retained the fork for some time let me relieve you and he took it from her with a sort of quiet authority to which she submitted passively neither resisting him nor thanking him i should like to see your pictures lewis said caroline when the sumptuous luncheon was discussed would not you mr hall to please you i should but for my own part i have cut him as an artist i had enough of him in that capacity in cumberland and westmoreland many a wedding we got amongst the mountains because he would persist in sitting on a camp-stool catching effects of rain-clouds gathering mists fitful sunbeams and what not here is the portfolio said henry bringing it in one hand and leaning on his crutch with the other lewis took it but he still sat as if he wanted another to speak it seemed as if he would not open it unless the proud surely deigned to show her herself interested in the exhibition he makes us wait to whet our curiosity she said you understand opening it observed lewis giving her the key you spoiled the lock for me once try now he held it she opened it and monopolizing the contents had the first view of every sketch herself she enjoyed the treat if treat it were in silence without a single comment moore stood behind her chair and looked over her shoulder and when she had done and the others were still gazing he left his post and paced through the room a carriage was heard in the lane the gate bell rang shirley started there are callers she said and i shall be summoned to the room a pretty figure as they say i am to receive company i and henry have been in the garden gathering fruit half the morning oh for rest under my own vine and my own fig-tree happy is the slave-wife of the indian chief 
in that she has no drawing-room duty to perform but can sit at ease weaving mats and stringing beads and peacefully flattening her piccaninny's head in an unmolested corner of a wigwam i'll emigrate to the western woods lewis moore laughed to marry a white cloud or a big buffalo and after a wedlock to devote yourself to the tender task of digging your lord's maysfield while he smokes his pipe or drinks firewater shirley seemed about to reply but here the schoolroom door unclosed admitting mr simpson that personage stood aghast when he saw the group around the fire i thought you alone miss kildar he said i find quite a party and evidently from his shocked scandalized air had he not recognized in one of the party a clergyman he would have delivered an extemporary philippic on the extraordinary habits of his niece respect for the cloth arrested him i merely wish to announce he proceeded coldly that the family from the walden hall mr mrs the misses and mr sam wynn are in the drawing-room and he bowed and withdrew the family from the walden hall couldn't be a worse set murmured shirley she sat still looking a little contumacious and very much indisposed to serve she was flushed with the fire her dark hair had been more than once dishevelled by the morning wind that day her attire was a light neatly fitting but amply flowing dress of muslin the shawl she had worn in the garden was still draped in a careless fold round her indolent wilful picturesque and singularly pretty was her aspect prettier than usual as if some soft inward emotion stirred who knows how had given new bloom and expression to her features surely surely you ought to go whispered caroline i wonder why she lifted her eyes and saw in the glass over the fireplace both mr hall and lewis moore gazing at her gravely if she said with a yielding smile if the majority of the present company maintain that the de walden hall people have claims on my civility i will subdue my inclinations to my duty let those who think i ought to go hold up their hands again consulting the mirror it reflected an unanimous vote against her you must go said mr hall and behave courteously too you owe many duties to society it is not permitted you to please only yourself lewis moore assented with a low hear hear caroline approaching her smoothed her wavy curls gave to her attire a less artistic and more domestic grace and shirley was put out of the room protesting still by a pouting lip against her dismissal there is a curious charm about her observed mr hall when she was gone and now he added i must away for speeding is off to see his mother and there are two funerals henry get your books it is lesson time said moore sitting down to his desk a curious charm repeated the pupil when he and his master were left alone true is she not a kind of white witch he asked of whom are you speaking sir of my cousin shirley no irrelevant questions study in silence mr moore looked and spoke sternly sourly henry knew this mood it was a rare one with his tutor but when it came he had an awe of it he obeyed End of section twenty six